0: A very warm welcome to all my listeners who have tuned in to listen to another episode of Insider's Talk with New Entrepreneurial Journey. So let's dive in. Uh, I have with me Mr. Mayank Banerjee, who is the co-founder of Even Healthcare. Um, Mayank, it's it's absolute pleasure to have your inside Insider's Talk, and um, now we'll get to know more about you. And as well as Even, and I'm looking forward to our conversation that we're going to have today. Same so, here, Veronica.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: That's great. So Mayank, if, if we can start with you, you know, before we start with the, with Even Healthcare. So if you can share with our listeners, you know, what was Mayank Banerjee before Even Healthcare came into the picture?
1: Um, okay, good question. I mean, so Mayank Banerjee is, is and will always remain Mayank Banerjee, regardless of Even. But I think uh, I've had a bit of a strange kind of life so far. I was born in Agra, actually. And I lived in Agra and Nagpur. But then I moved to the UK when I was six years old, which probably explains this accent that I have, (laughs) uh, this strong British accent. So I ended up living there, studying there, went to college there. So I did um, philosophy, politics, economics at university, I studied, I studied at Oxford, and then while I was there, I was president of this thing called the Oxford Union. I, that was a really, really crazy time. Met a lot of amazing, interesting people, and ended up starting a company straight after kind of my final year of college. We raised a little bit of money. It was actually a journalism company. So essentially what we were trying to do is try and expose people to new ideas, new ways of um, kind of coming across news, and information and trying to pop this kind of filter bubble where social media gives you the same things that you've always liked. We were trying to solve for that problem. Um, We raised a little bit bit of money. I think we had some amazing generous investors and we had offices in London and New York. But honestly, we just never got that kind of breakthrough product market fit, Um, which sucked, to be honest. Uh, (laughs) I think it was was very, very painful. Um, And after about three and a half years or so, we decided that it just wasn't quite working. We would return whatever money that we had back to our investors. And at that point, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do next. Um, I ended up moving back to India, where I spent a few months just doing odd jobs here and there. So I lived in Delhi for a little while. Um, then started up a... Ended up sending a few cold emails. Uh, got mm-hmm. some a role in kind of... Um, It was more along the lines of just looking at the the elections that were happening and trying to understand a little bit more about it. And then ended up moving down to Bangalore where I spent some time working in VC in venture capital, uh, which was a really interesting experience. It was was at a company called Entrepreneur First. And what they do is invest in people before they're even companies. So invest in individuals, not in teams and not even in companies. Um, Along the way, all the way through, I was looking to try and find health insurance for myself, right? Um, and I think having lived in the UK and in the US, I had a certain expectation of what health insurance should be like. And I think I was really, really confused as to why, no matter how much I looked, I couldn't quite find the same kind of product or experience here here in India. Um, ended up then, yeah, over the next kind of six months to a year, uh, convincing my co-founders, Convincing some of our early partners, investors, advisors, and you know, ended up being team members, and yeah, that that was it. Started this company called Even, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. But yeah, that's kind of my journey, so to speak.
0: Oh wow! So uh, I would, I was like, you know, like you, you are basically you can you can say you're brought up in UK, right? So yeah, so I think that's fair to mindset, say. <laughs> Yeah, mindset yeah, is. I
1: think that's very fair to say.
0: Yeah. So. What was it that made you uh, think that you know you can you want to move back to India? Because see, I, I believe that your ground is like basic ground is from UK, right? You're used to that kind of a culture. So, what made you think that you know uh, let's go back to India and probably try something out here?
1: Okay, so I think good point. So, I think one thing that is, I've obviously lived in the UK
0: mm-hmm. for
1: most of my life, right? Um, but at the same time, I actually ended up you know, all of my extended family has always been in India, right? So it's just my parents and my, you know, sister were in the UK, but every summer until I was about like 13, 14, we used to come back here to India to, you know, just spend time with the wider family. So I think, for example, I speak Hindi or a mix of Hindi and English at home. Um, Always very, very, felt, you know, very Indian. Now, in terms of why I ended up coming back to India, I think for me, it was a case of India has always been where I want to end up. Right. Um, I think for what I want to do with my life, I think it's very much been about like hopefully having a kind of positive impact on, on, a group, on people. Mm-hmm. And I think in India, there's just a lot more chance to do work on more meaningful problems. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I'll be honest, if I was living in the UK right now or in the US, I would probably be doing a uh, delivery startup. OK, mm-hmm. I would be finding ways to do delivery for you for 10 minutes or less. OK, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. how do I convince you that I, if you want an ice cream, I, I can get it to you everywhere else. I don't. I think it's a very interesting challenge. And I think it's a very interesting set of, you know, um, intellectual challenges. I just think there are probably more of the useful things that someone could be doing. Um, mm-hmm. And at least for me, I'd prefer to be doing and working on another problem. And um, I think India is a place to work on some of the most meaningful problems that you can in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, uh, like I understood that, you know, uh, you wanted to get into uh, something uh, regarding health insurance based on your personal uh, experience that you had when you were looking out for yourself and you probably identified the gap and you wanted to close that in uh, mm-hmm. through your uh, venture, but you don't come from a healthcare domain per se. So when, what kind of a research or, you know, or what kind of mentorship did you follow to, to understand the entire process of how Healthcare insurance is managed in India, and what you can do uh, through your venture and improve it?
1: Yeah, so I think number one is my dad is actually a doctor. Oh,
0: okay.
1: uh, so, you know, medicine has always been a very important part of my life. Um, and, you know, I'm sure he's still incredibly disappointed that I'm not a doctor. Um, probably wasn't smart enough, very sadly but uh, every, you know,
0: every Indian household would like to have a doctor in their house I know it's, it's
1: very sad even when I was doing my um essentially my UK equivalent of 12th by that point it was very clear it was never going to happen right but even then Papa was like "Man, well, you know just just take chemistry just in case maybe who knows what you decide <laughs> to do why don't you just decide it just in case Um. so yeah I mean I, I would say healthcare has always been a very very important part of my life I think, and it's always been something I'm exposed to, right? Because obviously my dad is a doctor, a lot of our family friends are people who have medical backgrounds and, you know, they we'd often, whenever we'd come back to India, we'd spend time with them, they'd have their own hospital, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. I think in terms of the research, we don't know yet, but I found that it was actually more helpful to not be in medicine or not indeed be in insurance. Um, we're very fortunate to have people on the team who have like a huge amount of expertise in that space. So for example, Ronak has been chief risk officer at three insurance companies, Animesh Biola was running operations at, you know, one of the largest hospital chains in India. But I think it's that balance of being a complete outsider means that you're able to ask very, very stupid questions, right? which, and I think sometimes when you ask those stupid questions, people say, God, you're so stupid. Right. And I would say that's probably happens most of the time. But I think every now and then you ask something and I don't know, people are a little bit surprised. Um, and, you know, it highlights something that maybe for them, they've they've taken it for granted. And that's kind of how I, how I think about it.
0: True, true. I agree. And I, I believe because you, you don't have the uh, domain knowledge and probably whatever uh, questions you're asking is through a customer point of view. So that Yeah, will, 100%. It will... That's the
1: biggest thing. I don't care. I think right. that's like... What are the normal standard terms and conditions? I don't care what the standard exclusions are. I don't even care about the difference between IPD, OPD, and how certain things fall under each bucket and why insurers cover them and some don't. Hmm. I just want a really great experience. And I have a certain expectation of that experience, which is very similar to maybe the expectation that I had of you know, living in the UK, where I go to a doctor and I don't have to think about the cost, right?
0: True, true.
1: Um, and I don't have to think about copay or adding it, paying a little bit. I just use it. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that I think is very interesting.
0: Quite interesting. So uh, uh, let's let's talk about even healthcare, you know, like I, yeah. I believe it's not a pure insurance company, like how other insurance company works. It's, it's quite different from how other insurance company works. So uh, can you just uh, share a little bit more detail about that?
1: Of course. So yeah, we are very explicitly not an insurance company, right? Um, I think that's that's really, really important for us to get across to people. I think insurance companies are amazing and some of them, you know, have want to be and indeed we might end up being partners with some of them. Um, and I think they do a great job. But I think there are certain downsides of the insurance model, which is basically that under insurance, obviously an insurer find makes, makes more money by finding ways to keep claims down, right? In health insurance, that invariably means, especially because hospitals are another very important key stakeholder in insurance, right? So you have, there are really three people that matter. There's the hospitals, there is the insurer, and then there's the actual patient. And the biggest problem here is that in the health insurance model per se, as it normally exists, the insurer has an incentive to keep claim costs low and deny claims. The hospital has an incentive to increase claims costs. And then the patient invariably ends up being the one that has to suffer, right? Right. Where, whereas under our model, we don't actually bear any risk, which is, or at least, which is why we're not an insurer. The main of the risk lies with our hospital partners. Mm-hmm. But essentially, what we've created is a hospital membership. So from a consumer point of view, you pay us a monthly fee. That fee goes to our hospital partners. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those hospital partners use that money to keep you healthy. They can't deny your claim if you need it. But what they can if they can stop you from needing it in the first place, that makes them more money, right? Mm-hmm. So on paper, what happens is hospitals end up investing in your healthcare, they end up keeping you healthier. You end up, because you're staying healthier, paying less for your insurance, or indeed for your membership. And so as a result, you as a consumer feel like you're getting a better deal. The hospital's making more money, and even our reinsurance partners end up actually being happy along the way because again less less painful to cost wise
0: right so so you can say that even is making this entire process like almost like a cashless
1: yeah hundred percent I mean it's not in cashless it's claimless it's
0: claimless oh wow so no paperwork nothing involved in no that. you I simply show know. your
1: card and you're covered
0: mm. that's interesting actually quite interesting yeah.
1: there is no reimbursement there is no form to fill in Basically, if the doctor says you need something, we will cover mm-hmm. you.
0: Oh, that's lovely! I was even uh, going through your website, where where you know I I saw a few uh, people who have uh, probably been a part of even uh, through membership, and they just love the kind of model uh, that you have put out there, and they, make, they they make that sound. It sounded like it is quite easy, affordable. And something which everybody can use without any, uh, probably you know, any kind of uh, a confusion. You know, okay, where I have to put what kind of a thing. So uh, people who are not extremely tech savvy, especially people who are uh, who are in a you know kind of an adult or old age kind of, how easy it is for them uh, to apply this membership and you know have this kind of a structure. Because I think for them it is a blessing.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I'm I'm really glad that yeah, people seem to like what we are doing. Um, I think the thing that's very important to us is this is a very long term journey, mm-hmm. and I would say that you mentioned it's very affordable. I th- I think it is right now, but I also appreciate that, t- you know, fifteen hundred rupees a month is not ch- is not crazy cheap, right. right? Right. And I think our our approach is a lot of the times that I actually broadly believe that the whole health insurance. And indeed, any product is you get what you pay for. Hmm. And I think our view is we offer 50 lap cover by default, because actually, we want to make sure that you never have to pay for anything. And actually, the only way to kind of be confident of that is to give you a lot of cover. I think the other piece is to say that we think we can keep you healthy. But at the same time, your healthcare is very, very important. You should be spending enough money on it. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to invest in keeping you healthy, some of that, you know, you're going to have to pay for as well. I think that's probably worth it. If you pay that much for a gym, we think you'd probably prefer to pay just as much to avoid going to the doctor in the first place. True. Um, I think in terms of older demographics, and we want expanding 100%. That is very much where we want to end up.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think
1: we want to be realistic. You want to start off with people who maybe are really really valuing convenience which is probably what we're selling right now right like Mm -hmm. the idea of not even forget cashless not even having to think about a claim I think those are the kind of things that we think are very important immediately over time very much so even right now we are able to you know add in family members add in older generations our thing is though that a lot of the most painful things that you probably have to, to do in India today require you to go and stand in a queue somewhere, right? right. Um, and to be to be perfectly honest, that is something we want to minimize. We want to try and do as much of it online as possible. Mm-hmm. We don't want... I think we consider it a failure if we have to keep calling you to convince you to buy our product, right? We mm. want to make the product so easy that actually it's something that you want to just try out. you are hopefully... When you do try it out, you're happy with it and everything from kind of, we
0: go on from that point. Absolutely, I totally agree with you. So, uh, you know, uh, hospitals have their own way of working and your model is quite different. Like right? it's like like a membership uh, kind of a model. So was it difficult to convince the hospitals to come on board uh, with you and collaborate with you for uh, this kind of uh, not, I, I don't want to use the word insurance but- Yeah,
1: it's uh, a membership. Kind for of
0: healthcare, it's, yeah, healthcare it's membership. It's a healthcare
1: membership. Uh, I think it took a lot of time I will say that I, I would say I think like it's um, in some way it's like a lot of these companies right mm-hmm. where it's very hard to get going and what you need is you need to have certain hospitals that maybe are a little bit thinking about the future okay right. and they, they, they're thinking about the long term Not just the kind of immediate next three months. And I think we are very fortunate to have a few people like that who took a to kind of were very kind to back us very early on. And, you know, someone like Viranchetti Chetty at uh, Narayana, I think he Mm -hmm. was wonderful. I think at the same time, once you've got that in place, everything becomes a lot easier. And suddenly, the situation we're in now is actually all the major hospitals um, would like to partner with us. And where, you know, that probably wasn't the case 18 months ago. It took us a long time to get there. But now we are there. It's it's a pretty good position to be in because I think we have a lot of people that would like to become members. We have a lot of hospitals that partner with us. And we just want to make sure that the ones that do become our partners are going to give our members the best possible experience. Mm
0: -hmm. So do you think, uh, because, you know, in pandemic, a lot of things have changed in the way Uh, people operate their uh, business be it healthcare uh, retail or any kind of a sector so do you think that uh, this was also one of the driving factors of changing their mindset and thinking to make it completely uh, like you know it's like a complete online kind of a thing that you are providing for sure I think
1: so I think it was um, yeah I I, I do think that actually things have changed a lot during Mm -hmm. you know COVID and I think it's made people realize that yeah, your healthcare is very important. And it's probably something that you should, you know, not just try and save like a hundred bucks on and just spend that extra little cash and mm-hmm. avoid a far bigger issue further down the road. And I think even for hospitals, I think they've, yeah, COVID has been a terrible, terrible thing for the country. And yeah. I think, I hope we're coming out of it. But at the same time, I think in, in our experience, there's, there's a lot of lessons that you could maybe learn that sure. hopefully we can apply going forward.
0: True. Lovely. So when you, when you uh, rolled out, even so, I'm pretty sure you would have had your first aha moment, which you would still remember, uh, which you would, which would just give you that feeling that, yes, we have arrived and this is going to really work out because it's a wonderful thing that you're providing. It's it's like a value uh, thing you're providing to the society and making this whole process very easy. So do you remember that moment when you felt that?
1: Uh so, this is very, very small, but I so I, I stay in Indraver. Do you, do you stay in Bangalore? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I stay in Bangalore. We did a vaccine drive uh, mm-hmm. for about 200,000 people, okay, okay. Um, in Indraver. And obviously, one of the things that we gave out were masks. And I think where I live is quite near to the office. Um, and I think every, I will genuinely say this. Every day or so, I see someone with one of our masks on. And I think that's just like very, wow. very nice when you're doing something useful. And, you know, people are using it. I think for us, our long-term goal is... So I think one stat that's really, really terrifying me, uh, always terrifies me is um, the idea that every year, something like five crore people are faced with medical... Bankrupt- uh, med- you know, bankruptcy because of a medical cost. True. I think that is insane. I think that is, for me... The, the only goal we are trying to solve, right? Like, if mm. we can find a way to do that, then we will have done something useful. I don't even think we've started yet, but, you know, baby Steps, we'll do it bit by bit by bit and let's see how long it takes. I think- I'm, I, I'm
0: pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you'll be there because I, I truly believe in slow and steady wins the race because when you are, when you're looking for something to happen instantly, it is just like, you know, it happens for a month and then it's all gone. But- the baby steps really work, so I I I really wish and I hope and pray that you reach your goal as soon as possible, because that would be something which would really help out many people over here.
1: Thank you very much. It's it's very nice to be.
0: So uh, now, in, in terms of building up this company, right, the funding is needed. You you need a certain kind of a cash cash flow, right, to happen so that you can sustain and yeah. your internal operations. So, are you already funded or are you bootstrapped right now?
1: Uh, so, no, we're funded, actually. Um, we're fortunate enough that once we got some of our early hospital partners, mm-hmm. um, we were also able to convince some, you know, and get, get a bunch of investors who wanted to invest. So, uh, I don't know if you saw, but, like, um, earlier this year, we raised around the funding, um, so $5 million from the likes. Our lead investor was Vinod Khosla at Kosla Ventures. Then investors like Founders Fund, Nikesha Arora, Kunal Shah, uh, Nitin Kumar, as well as a whole bunch of other people who've been really, really helpful, really, really amazing. Um, yeah, and that, that that was kind of our seed round. Things have been going really, really well. We're super excited about where we are right now. Um, we should have some more exciting things to announce in the next few months. But yeah, I think we're fortunate enough to, to be able to get funding for what is a very, very difficult problem to solve, but one we're very excited about solving
0: Oh, that's lovely. So how, how do you see the future market of uh, for especially for even uh, in healthcare industry going forward?
1: What do you mean by that?
0: In the sense, like, uh, and I, you already told me that people are excited to have this kind of a model. So how, how do you see yourself like in, an, in another maybe five years or six years, you know, do you see this kind of a membership model really? I hope out? so.
1: I very much hope so I think we believe that in the long term this is Mm -hmm. just a better way for hospitals and insurers to function Mm -hmm. right to be to be perfectly blunt like i think it should make sense that the hospital has should make more money from keeping you healthy than for than from waiting for you to get ill right Right. that is like a very baseline expectation that is unfortunately not the case right now but Mm -hmm. we are hoping to to switch that around and yeah, I would I would say that's very much the plan. Like in the long term, how can we get more and more people to think about hospital membership, mm-hmm. particularly from the context of essentially paying hospitals to keep you healthy, which I think mm-hmm. it should be our goal as far as we concerned? That's lovely. So
0: uh Uh, you know, this entire operations, uh, whether uh, be it uh, like based on technology or anything. So you you are maintaining it on your own. You have your own team or you have outsourced it to some other uh, company who is maintaining your uh, technical aspect?
1: No, no. So my co-founder, I have two co-founders who are amazing. I've already spoken about animation runner, but um, one of my co-founders used to work at Google DeepMind. He has a PhD in machine learning. So he's our CTO, Mm Alessandro. Mm-hmm. And then my other co-founder, who I also worked with in my previous business, um, Matilde, she ran European marketing for Fox and Paramount. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked in VC, and she's I think the best person I've ever come across when it comes to on the marketing side and kind mm-hmm. of marketing ops. Um, so yeah, we we have an amazing team in house. Uh, engineers from kind of Google, like design, our head of design used to be at Grofers. I think we've just been very fortunate yeah. to work with some amazing people. Um. But yeah, we believe a lot in building building things in-house, I think, because you Mm -hmm. just care more.
0: Mm -hmm. Right, right. So did you face any kind of challenges when you started to build your team because it's a startup?
1: Uh, Of course, yeah, every every day. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, we still continue to chase those challenges Mm -hmm. and face those challenges and it's fun. And, you know, you figure it out somehow. I would say that as far as, you know, the biggest challenge is it always will be hiring, right? Um, yeah, true. Of how do you, because I think obviously the market is very crazy right now, mm-hmm. but I think the hardest thing is if everyone's got funding, if everyone's raised money and how, you know, the best people, there are, have so many options. And I think how do you convince the absolute best people to, to come work with you and, you know, choose to spend your time with you Their time with you, I think that's always going to be that's that's a lot harder than raising money. I think. Mm -hmm. Um raising money is fun. And not fun, but like it's not that. I think the hardest thing is is and probably will always remain. How do you convince the absolute best people in the world to come work on the problems that you you and the rest of your the current team think are important?
0: That's true, because it's it's the people who work with you who will build the company, right? Because they need to have the right mindset and they need to have they they need to be on board with the basic vision that you have for your own venture. For sure. So what kind of a mindset you look for when you're looking to fill up any kind of a position in even?
1: Uh, interesting. I think we as a company are quite extreme on a, I don't think, honestly, we are an amazing place to learn from a mentor, if I'm perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Um, we are a place where the expectation is, is when you arrive, you are smart, you are incredible, you are capable, you will figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're probably not a great place to you know, come if you wanna have a six week or six month kind of career progression ladder where you know exactly what you'll be doing in three months, six months, 12 months time. I think at the same time, our approach is get amazing people, Say here are the problems we need to solve and you know invariably these people like figuring it out themselves and actually they often do figure it out and I think that's probably the mindset that, that people have here it's when you when you're faced with a problem it's not to say I don't know how to do it um and therefore how do I you know I can't do it it's more a case of oh cool I don't know how to do it but I think I'll probably get there, and that's kind of how we those are the people that we've and working with being the ones that are the best fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Because I I think that's uh, the essence of startup or people who really want to work in startup is being a self-starter and self-motivated and, and an owner. Like, you know, you need to have an ownership of what you're doing ra- rather than what happens in corporate where you're just told what to do. And you just- Oh, for sure, yeah. You, well, Here,
1: it will be a simply, a case. you'll never get told what to do. It'll be a case, mm. you will get told the problem and be expected to figure it out.
0: Right, right. So like, you know, like you said, you started uh, being an entrepreneur and then you moved back to India. So with uh, so many years of experience in being an entrepreneur, can you share with us what is your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur which drives you to do something and, you know, give value probably or just own Oh, something? I think it's
1: consistently painful. I think it's like, <laughs> um, you know, I'm compared to a lot of my friends maybe very very under well not underpaid but just don't have very much money um it's it, i guess it can be stressful um there's not much of a safety net but at the same time clearly there's nothing else i'd rather be doing and i think i think it's one of those things where the good days which just make up for everything else by a long long way and i think it's just amazing to be able to to work on something that you you know you wake up and that's the first thing I think about in the morning uh I think that to me is really really exciting I think being able to work with amazing people and being able to kind of choose those people from from day one I think again is just super super exciting um and yeah of course all of that makes up for all the downsides right
0: true very true now since you spoke about stress and downsides so what what are the things that you do to you know just rejuvenate and come out of it and then get back to work with a fresh mind
1: um, so my job, if I'm perfectly honest, has I have no hard skills, which is very sad, but it's true. Um, and mm-hmm. so my entire job is really working with people, mm-hmm. and I don't really do anything with my hands. and therefore the, the there are two things that I, I almost need to keep me sane, which is one is cooking. Oh, um, uh, I really enjoy cooking because it's like the one part of my life where I actually do something and create things with my hands. Uh, and then the second one actually is just being able to go for a run or go to the gym or whatever because again Mm -hmm. I'd say most of my job is working with amazing people agreeing we're going to try and solve this particular problem and then in a week's time they've gone and solved it I've had nothing to do with it right Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of the outcomes are based on what they've done Um, and I think for me at least and there's you know a bit of a time lag there's a count. This, you know, the accountability is, is a little more abstract. Whereas if I'm working out, it's mm-hmm. on me, right? Right. I hit this target. I run two kilometers in 10 minutes or five mm-hmm. or eight minutes or whatever, or I don't. It's on me. There's no one else I can blame. It's something that I get feedback on the same day, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really exciting.
0: Interesting. So other than running, which I believe is another passion of yours, um, is there anything else like, in you know, a in sense of hobby, like, you know, probably you like to sing or you like music or oh, anything I else? Wish like I, could you... <laughs> I wish I could sing.
1: I wish I could sing. No, I, I'm sadly, honestly, I, I'm very happy with what I do, which is obviously even, I mm-hmm. think I really like being able to exercise and cook, mm-hmm. but I'm quite basic. Honestly, Veronica. I, you know, I, 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 you know, you were telling me that you have a kid's birthday party, t- t- I think that's amazing, but I just, I sit at home and I watch trash TV, I watch trash t- YouTube, I love cooking videos on YouTube, I, I like, that is my jam, Gordon Ramsay, is, wow. yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty basic guy.
0: Uh, not basic for everyone, especially people like me who don't like cooking. Oh, no, <laughs> that's sure. what I'm saying, right,
1: to each their own.
0: I'm pretty sure your friend circle and family would be very happy whenever you get into the cooking mode.
1: No, I mean they. I have a few things that I like to eat. It doesn't matter if other people don't want to eat them, right? But uh, normally they seem to like it, so it's fun.
0: That's lovely. So, uh, lastly, uh, you know, I would really uh, love it if you would share some kind of advice to the budding entrepreneurs who are trying to make it out there. So probably they'll get inspired and start thinking on those areas as well.
1: Uh, interesting. I think I'm wary of giving advice just from the point of view of I know that in the startup that I did that didn't work out lots of people gave me advice and I ignored it and then I realized it was right um, and I think even now I get lots of advice and often you know sometimes I ignore it and I think one thing that I'm very conscious of is uh, advice is great but actually, you do learn a lot more by doing. Um, and I think it's obviously very important to listen to advice. But the stuff, I think sometimes people, especially if you're doing a startup from scratch, right? Mm-hmm. The whole point of it is that it's kind of irrational. The whole point of it is, is that you're trying to do something a little bit crazy. And so if you listen to every piece of advice, you'd never do it. I think the emphasis that I would say is um, you learn a lot more by doing than by thinking through a problem. Um, so that's probably my biggest learning in my limited experience of messing up continuously
0: wow that's lovely so on that note thank you mayan so much for your time and sharing with us about uh your company and how how you have you know uh, you moved back to india and you started something on your own and in terms of healthcare based on your experience it was just amazing listening to you
1: perfect thank you so much for a, a really nice to chat and yeah uh looking forward to, it. Looking forward to seeing this come up Thank you. Great.
0: So that's all from me today. I hope you enjoyed the interview and had some valuable lessons to take in with you and the stories inspired you and you found it interesting. I would be coming with more new stories in the coming week. Every week, every Monday, you will get to hear from me from a new entrepreneur, their stories about their brands, about their insights on employment, and few tips and tricks to get into entrepreneurship. Stay tuned, stay safe. And enjoy your life.